The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to the Forever Fab Podcast, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madere, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is dedicated to, let me see, what what can I dedicate it to? Love! That's the first thing that came to my mind, love, and I love this woman who I'm about to speak with. Today's topic is part of the Empowerment Series, and it's called Entrepreneurship and Transformation. Welcome to my interview with Elena Watley. Welcome, Elena. Thank you, Dr. Shirley. Elena Watley is a boss. She's a boss babe. When I think of boss babe, I see her, and I'm so blessed to be friends with many boss babes. Elena is the owner of Amazing Lash Studio in Hoboken, New Jersey. It's a franchise offering eyelash extensions, and five years ago, she started Brand Infinite. Uh, it's a sports and marketing agency. She's also a sports agent and sit, sat on and founded the Victor Cruz Foundation, which I know has done amazing work for people. So thank you for that. And perhaps more importantly, she's a mother to a beautiful daughter, and she is a friend. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks thank you for, for being. Me. Thank you for being <laughs> here and offering me your time. I know how busy you are. Of course. So we met. Was it a few years? Or three, four years ago? Oh gosh, I want to say it's probably been. Like seven, right? Yeah. Oh, my god. Because it was years before you got married. Yes. I remember when you got engaged. You yeah. Got oh, it was a, it's been a minute. Yeah, so it's been a while. It's years been before a long that. Long I know while. my daughter was very young. She was probably a year old Yeah, I was going to say, I think so she was not even two. Years. Yeah. It's been many years. Yeah, it's so been a long time. Big up to Amoy. Yeah. Amoy Pitters and Amoy Couture Hair Salon, where yes. you don't just go for beautiful hair, you meet friends. Yes. That's, in fact, actually how I started Amazing Lash Studio. Um, I was getting my eyebrows done at a moist salon, and yeah. the, the woman who was doing my brows was like, the new thing is Amazing Lash Studio. You should look into it. Oh, wow. And here I am, you know, years, three years later, and I have six studios. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I underestimated. I thought yeah. you had one. You have I, we've six. Grown. Yeah, we're growing. We're, you know, I have four, but one, two are closing in a couple weeks. Oh my so I've gosh. gone to like I've had this time around last year on this day I only had one active studio. And in so one in 12 year. months, yeah. One year so you now have six. Shout out to Amoy. Shout out to Amoy you know, and the angel who yes, told you about Amazing Lash. About amazing lash and studio. shout out to you for yeah. taking some advice and actually acting on it. That's yeah. not easy to do. It you know how many awesome. people give you advice Yeah, and you're just like, just yeah, okay, gee, thanks. You're like, thanks, see you later. Yeah, okie doke. Yeah. Right. And right. you did it. I did. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I love, I knew, you see, this this, dedica- <laughs> exactly. this podcast is dedicated to love, and it's Absolutely. right here. Do you feel the love? Absolutely. So, we met many years ago, <laughs> and you have done so much in such little time. 
But tell me more about yourself. Where did you grow up? Tell me about your family. I met your fabulous mother. <laughs> but just, just tell me, who are you? Yes, um, I am from Passaic, New Jersey. And so it. I'm right here from the backyard of New Jersey. Yes. I have um, five brothers and sisters. Um, I've got an older brother, an older sis- two older sisters, and then myself, a younger brother and a younger sister. Yeah. Um, I actually grew up in a single parent home with oh. just my mother. Um, but I was very fortunate that my older brother and sister from my father's first marriage lived around the corner so they kind of grew up in our house like we were all together yes and um, my mom was a teacher for 35 years she taught elementary education um, Mm. across town in a different sort of um, demographic area than where I grew up but it so happened to be the school that offered gifted and talented in the town so I went to school with my mother (laughs) and the gifted and talented floor was the third floor and of course my mother because she was so senior in the school she her classroom was so for my entire life from first grade to sixth grade my mother was on my floor (laughs) Um, but I made her proud and you know she always prioritized her kids her students she called them her kids like over us like she'd be like you walk to school, I have to pick other kids up. If I don't wow. pick them up, they don't go. You'll walk. You'll be fine. And wow. like she really taught me a lot, you know, and just she's a very, very strong woman and she's yes. an educator. And, yes. you know, she never sat down and did my homework with me or taught me things. But I think that who she is is embedded in me yeah. just by watching her. And, you know, they yeah. say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And, yeah. you know, when you're growing up, you're like, I'm nothing like my mother. And yeah. so you have a daughter <laughs> or a child. And then you're like, well, my kid is exactly like me. It starts yeah. to make you kind of reflect. Um, but I grew up in an inner city community. You know, we just, you know, I was just got it done. Got things done, and I, I luckily was in our gifted and talented program, and it was a great program. I think yeah. the inner city communities have amazing gifted and talented programs because they focus mm-hmm. a lot on the students that are performing, you know, high levels. And you know, I did tutoring programs, and I just, you know, I grew up just a normal kid. You yeah. know, I look sometimes at kind of like my path. You know, college wasn't a big thing that people talked about. People just yeah. talked about getting to the next grade, yeah. you know, and staying out of trouble. Yeah. Um. So the fact that I kind of implemented this plan, you know, of success yeah. you know it's just kind of a, very a little different age. but I do still visit the community give back yeah. to the community yeah. you know and very active you know in the boys and girls club and just Good you know you. some of the kids that are there because I know what it's like coming from a community that you know isn't you know so somewhat seen in the eyes of society as like you know <clears throat> suburbia yeah. or super right. high you know right. highly educated or, or opportunities whose, or whose right parents can't Parent, pay, for, pay for them to go to private right, schools right. And, and whatnot. So um, I'm really proud about where I'm from. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm proud yeah. that you're proud. I'm, I'm proud. proud of you. Mm-hmm. And by the way, your lashes look Thank you. Oh, amazing. I just amazing got lashes. Oh, like my A couple goodness. days ago. Okay. They're amazing. Well, please Thank open you. a couple in New York yes, so I can I come actually see. am opening one oh! in New York. Yes, breaking news. Um, where? Breaking news. Um, fingers crossed in Brooklyn. Um, yes. So we'll see. Okay. One, that's the beginning. Okay. You know, we'll yeah, see. just the beginning. Just You're going to take over the eyelash yeah. world, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I ready am. for it. I'm ready for it. Bring it. So you obviously have a head for business and are an extremely successful entrepreneur. Congratulations. Thank you. When did you know you wanted to be a boss, babe? You know, I was talking to my brothers and sisters recently, and they were like, you know what? When you were young, you used to always tell stories that you were going to be on red carpets and you were going to wow. be on the cover of a magazine. You And that you were going to be in Forbes and you used to read the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And they were like, and we used to just laugh at you because nothing you said made sense and we didn't understand <laughs> it, but you're doing it now. Mm. And I think, like, you know, I... 
always knew that I had the ability to like influence people and and I had the ability to understand information and to be able to duplicate what I'm learning and put execution plans in place. And I think all those things are like the building blocks for entrepreneurship because one, being able to understand information, being able to influence people and also being able to have vision are very important when you're an entrepreneur. And so I feel like it's been within me since I was younger. I never knew what it was that I would end up doing. I never knew which direction I wanted to go. Um, But you knew you had this thing. I knew that I had this thing. I always had ideas that were outside of, you know, what was happening in front of me. I Mm -hmm. always was able to see something and figure out how that thing could create more revenue by logistically making operating this way. And I think my brain has just always operated like that. So I'm very blessed that I've had the opportunity to be an entrepreneur. Um, I was just telling a friend of mine today, I was like, you know, there's a saying where people are like, I don't want to work for anyone. I don't want to work 40 hours a week. And I'm like, well, when you work for yourself, you work 100. 100, Exactly. You know, it's like you're training, you know, working for someone and with someone, you know, to work for yourself and you double and you triple it. But, you know, I do kudos to the corporate companies that I worked for because they taught me everything that I know today. Um, You know, I worked at Creative Artist Agency, which is in L.A. Um, I also worked with William Morris Endeavor, which was um, recently acquired um, IMG while I was there. And there is nothing like corporate structure. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that I was able to teach it because and be a part of it because I learned from it. You know, being a part of just a system that works taught me how to build a system, you know, so it was very like rewarding to do it. And I wouldn't, you know, I'm happy that I've had both experiences. Well stated. So being an entrepreneur in your in your words is not only about the vision, but there's a strategy. You mentioned logistics and how to work in a system to build the system. So it's not just the vision. Right. It's also strategy. Strategy. So can anyone learn this? I think that. I think that people can learn it, but I honestly just feel like we've gotten to a place of where there's so much information. And I think a lot of times people are analyzing all this information, but they're not focusing on the fundamental principle blocks that it takes to actually be an entrepreneur. And most times this overflow of information starts an overflow of dreaming and less of a flow of action, action plans and, and dedication and doing. And so for me, I feel like, you know, yes, I believe anyone can be an entrepreneur, but I think it's important that whoever is out there dreaming to be an entrepreneur follows the process of entrepreneurship and doesn't try to go outside of the lines of the process. So people are stuck in sort of in a structure or a paradigm that yes. they're taught, well, this is how you do this. Right. And or they're not taught how to do it Rather, they're just encouraged to dream. Mm -hmm. And so you have to tie doing and execution plans to vision and dreaming because one without the other does nothing comes to fruition. And so, you know, as a mentor, as a person that's, you know, talking and encouraging entrepreneurship, I want like everyone to focus on vision, implementation plans, strategizing the power of influencing people and and influencing brands and building brands affinity, the power of influencing banks to be able to solicit capital. Kidding. The power of influencing people to want to work with you, encouraging yeah. your staff to stay with you, yeah. coaching people up, not out. Yeah. Those are the things that are important. So I think as an entrepreneur, you know, anyone can do it. Yes, and I do. But I do believe that we need to, you know, there needs to be some more discussion about the process. Okay. My so opinion. two things just popped up in my head as I'm listening to you and I'm enthralled. Number one, I want you to be my agent. (laughs) I'm pretty good at that. uh, Yes, you are. But perhaps more importantly, I definitely think you should have a podcast on 
whatever you yeah, want entrepreneurship I'm thinking about it and maybe even a webinar series yeah. that you sell yeah I've been thinking about it because you know my staff always say oh my gosh you should talk to people you'll be so great at public speaking and I'm and like you are this is sem- really this is like I've never s- done a podcast before I've Here never done public speaking you know Here it's my first time but and you're, you know it's fantastic. I like talking yeah I think I get that from my mom the yeah. teacher that just talks yes. you know and I'm comfortable talking I'm comfortable speaking and well you, you know, have a lot to say a lot I don't of value plan, I don't plan what I say either there, right? That's perfect. I like yeah, I'm loving this. I, I'm, I'm writing so many things flow. and my head's going off and I have a list of questions that were planned, but I'm going off. I'm going <laughs> off script, folks. But it makes it so much more exciting. Right. Absolutely. So please give thought to those two things. I mean, obviously you think yes. out the box and do what you will, but I I know yeah. you have a lot to offer. Absolutely. And in addition to the people who are the kind people who are listening to this podcast mm-hmm. today, you have so much to offer so many other people. So please give that some thought. I will. What has been, you've accomplished a lot. Have you met with any challenges and what has been your greatest challenge and how did you overcome it? How did you think outside the box enough or feel outside the box to get over whatever that challenge was? That is a very good question. Thank you. Um, You know, I don't think I've been asked that question a lot. I think, um, to be honest with you, my biggest challenge um, in, I think, in my life, and I do believe that it translates to business because who you are in work is who you are outside of work, and that person is the same. Only thing that's different is the environment that you're existing in. But um, I think my biggest challenge has been my awareness to the things that I need to change Mm. and not changing them Hmm. because I want to make sure that I'm going to do it right. And, but I do appreciate the awareness, but I've, my biggest challenge at one point in my life was aware that I needed to make change and being aware of it, of whatever it is that I was doing, whether it was my inventory system, whether it was soliciting banks so that I can get additional capital flow, whether it was my personal relationships, my awareness and not knowing exactly what plan to put in place because I wanted to be perfect where, and that's always, that was like a big challenge. And like, honestly, like, you know, you asked, you asked a very interesting question about like thinking outside the box and, Interestingly enough, like that has been my biggest lesson in my life Mm -hmm. is thinking outside the box. So I had sat down one day with one of my mentors and I think this was the biggest um, advice I've ever given. I apply this to my life every single day. In fact, the same friend I was telling you about, I had this conversation with just yesterday. Um, And my mentor said, so um, at the time I was trying to sell a company um, that was creating content for young athletes to be able to put their videos on uh, what was somewhat like a YouTube channel before YouTube was as big as it was. Um, And I was thinking, you know, how am I going to sell this? How do I get all these kids to sign up? I got to get coaches and parents. And he's like, hold on, let's go back to the building box. He asked me, he said, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to think outside the box, you know, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. (laughs) And he just sat across from me. He took notes and he's like, you know what, kid? And I'm like, what's up? He's like, that is a failing plan to think outside the box. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm going to think outside the box and I'm going to do this and this. He was like, you can't think outside the box until you define it. Oh my God. And I thought about it and I was like, oh my goodness. Meaning define the box. Define the box so you can think out of it. Have a place to think outside of. So So if your box, if your box is signing up, you know, 
youth football teams for this platform in the state of California, that's in the in the city of Los Angeles, that's your box. Outside of it, once you define it, you'll be able to implement a plan to think outside of it. When I tell you I think about this every single day, I train my staff to think this way. We want to think outside of the box, but we need to define what the box is first. Because once we can think what and define what the box is, we can put a plan in the space to think outside of it. Wow. So now... I feel like with my biggest challenge have been putting action plans in place for awareness. Mm -hmm. I'm now aware and I'm vulnerable to my Mm, awareness and I accept it. And I'm like, all right. You you just get soft with it. And then I define my box and I say, this is my box and this is where I stand. And these are the lines and the limits. And now we can work outside Outside of it. it. And it's been very successful to me. So that's why I said it was an interesting question because that's like literally what I live by. I I like to consider myself very intuitive. I'm feeling you, Elena. Thank you. But it's interesting because lots of people have told us we're, we're almost taught think outside the box yes. think outside the box and then when you think about it it's like okay I'm thinking outside the box but it's so difficult it's so- why? because we don't go back to basics and fundamentals first of all uh, question number one what is the box? what is the box? What's the box? So many times I said, I'm going you know, to really try to think outside the yeah. box without even thinking what the bloody box what is. What the box is, absolutely. That's and brilliant. you'll win so many more times with like defining that. the box. So it's a, it's a reset. It's a yes. mind reset. Yes. I love it. What was your dream career as a young girl? So as a young girl, my dream career was to be a sports agent. Um, I wanted to be a sports agent since (laughs) I was a young kid. I've always had a love for... sports and mostly because I think the one male figure in my life actually played in the NFL. He's my cousin. His name is Bruce Harper. He played for the New York Jets back in the 80s. He was like the pillar of like what a male figure was to me. So then I was like, wow, that's awesome. I want to be around more of those types of people. Yeah, he's like my dad. (laughs) And like, so then I was like, he doesn't have any sons, you know, and you know, I was like, I can watch football and I can learn it. And like I had this whole thing in my head about tying life to sports and you know, I've always, I watched football my whole life and mm-hmm. so I always said I want to be a sports agent but really what I wanted to do was tie what I watched my mother do to something ah. that was in the game so I would say these guys are so powerful and they're so influential to their communities yes. and they tie people together through sports so yes. if I can teach them and mentor them like help them get A's and math tests they'll be these pillars of like everything these influential powers to people. So I kind of like tied this. And then I was like, once I got through college and I started to understand how that world works, I even more wanted to be an agent, you know? So I can honestly say that I actually accomplished like my dream career. So that's pretty cool. That's beyond (laughs) cool. And not only that, from my understanding, I don't know much about sports except as an observer <laughs> um, and I definitely have to give a shout out to my cousin Matisse Thibel who just got drafted into the NBA oh this goodness. June and he plays for the Sixers well Matisse. congratulations I, I didn't really have much to do that's with it awesome. but I'm very proud of him yes good very him. proud that's awesome but even what little I know about professional sports um What's it like being a woman in that industry? And um, did that experience about being one of very few, if not the only one, I don't Mm -hmm. know. What did that experience teach you about um, either life or the industry that was valuable that you keep with you today to this day? Yeah, you're right. I mean, there are very few women that work in sports. um, And there were so many challenges that people would think 
I would have to go through, but I actually didn't because I just applied the principles from when I was a kid to when I was at work. Listen to people, be an active listener, Mm -hmm. stand firm in your stance, make eye contact when you speak, have a firm handshake, and have a vision and a clear-cut plan of how you're going to implement it. And when I'm in rooms negotiating deals, I say, "This, listen, this is the box that I stand in. We want, if we're selling a book, we'd like to be a New York Times bestseller, Mm -hmm. so we would like to have a pre-sale to distributors that report to the New York Times bestseller list. If you can't give that, that is great. Have a good day. See you later. We're not going to bend on certain things. So I think one of the things that I learned was to like stay true to my principles no matter how hard it got and respect myself and know that obviously I am going to be the only woman in the room. So I am the elephant in the room and that's fine. I'll just be the elephant in the room, you know, fabulous. Exactly. Most fabulous elephant. And, you know, it was it was the the challenges um, that I faced were were great. I mean, yeah. I, I what I keep to myself every day is you know stick to it mm-hmm. and don't give up yeah. and always remember that like when you ha- hold someone's life in your hands, their dreams because these guys That's will what say, it was. yeah, That's like what it I is. want a Nike deal or I want a Beats by Dre deal or you know I want to uh, be a New York Times bestseller. I want my own Nike shoe or I want to be on the Gatorade commercial. Right. And you shake someone's and you say that you're able to pitch these, you must keep your word. And not only do you have to grow with the client, but your vision and your execution for plan for them has to continue to grow. So what it taught me was, most importantly, it sticks to me today, is to keep my word. Yeah. I was going to say, you, you just gave me some perspective on what you do and what you did because you actually were helping to make people's dreams come true, their hard work, their efforts, their energy, many of whom had family who were dependent on them for many reasons to help, you know, to have this dream come true. Exactly. So in dreams, I'll never forget a quote that I used. I was researching a paper. I think it was in high school and I had to write some paper and I found a quote. And the quote was, in dreams begin responsibility. Oh, wow. So you yes. were holding not just your dreams, yes. but other people's other dreams. People's. And with, But yes, it's, it sounds amazing and lofty and almost surreal, but there's a huge responsibility Absolutely. in that. So I'm, I'm glad that you kept your perspective. And, and I love that you used what you learned and especially staying true to yourself because Mm -hmm. I imagine Mm -hmm. being the only fabulous elephant in the room that you had lots of people who tried to dismantle that or take that apart and just shake your foundation. But you stood firm on that. Yeah, we want to believe that there is equality with genders, right? But if you actually think of the natural being of a woman and a man, femininity and masculinity are two completely opposite things. Yes, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And in fact, as the years have gone on, women have become more masculine in their being than they have in the past, right? And so we're evolving and transforming genetically, right? And mentally and physically as well. You know, we're getting stronger. Our muscles, are, you know, yeah. we're, there's things that have for us as humans, we evolve to yeah. what's around us. Yeah. And, you know, I think that like, you know, in traditional places of business, you know, there are those lines where it's like, I'm the man, you're the woman. And mm-hmm. then you're a woman in a man's world. Yeah. You know, and that's t- difficult. We want to live in a world where there is equality, but there's not necessarily all the time. And that's why when you stand firm to what you believe in and you do not bend yeah. and you're honest with yourself and yeah. you're honest about what you're doing, yes. then you will get that respect. So I always would start meetings and say, if I'm with uh, a company, 
I'm here at this table because you're already a buyer, because I represent X client and you're X brand. So we're sitting here because you're interested in working with us and we're interested in working with you. Right. So get so that the, anxiety off so the table. So now that that is out of the window, now the way that I execute deals is yeah. I create win-win situations. I'd like to hear from you first as to what a win is for you. And I will let you know what a win is for me. If those two things don't seem that they meet or they match, we can call a spade a spade and walk away from this and have time to think about how we can build a relationship where we both win. Because yeah. if you win and I lose, eventually I lose and you lose together. That's right. And if I win and you lose, then yeah. you lose, we both will lose together. And I'm only point, in yeah. the business to win together yeah. forever. And that winning blueprint will evolve over time. Of course. But it must be from the beginning that it that we win. That so is mutually we, beneficial and respectful. mutually yeah. beneficial. If we walk away and we can't shake hands and agree yeah. on terms, that's a beautiful place to be in because yeah. it's just as beautiful as shaking hands, but yeah. it's, it's just as beautiful as saying it's not going to work this time. Yeah. But let me think about what you said so I can figure out how that could work. Right. And we get back together another time. So it taught me patience yeah. and strategy and kind of flow. Right. Um, and, and taught you that in that flow, and even if you do get a no, it's not necessarily no in perpetuity. It's right. an opportunity right. for you to think right. outside, outside the, box the box after exactly. you define it to figure out how you, how can, you can get it done. How you can get it Where done. Where both sides can win. That's fantastic. Yeah. Hashtag winning. Hashtag definitely yes. boss babe. I'm learning so much from you. I, I want to take that course, that webinar. I'm going to yes. sign up, oh. okay, when you develop it's it. It's going to be the master class. The, ma the master class. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So how did you pivot from being a sports agent and a brand representative to essentially representing your own brand and being your own business owner? How did you pivot and transform? Yeah, you know, um, I don't think anyone's ever really, I don't think I've ever told the true story as <gasps> to why. Um, here so, is your opportunity. Here's my Elena. opportunity. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually went from working in sports and working with men to now working in beauty um, and having multiple locations, with, yeah. which means that I have multiple clients. So I've got Mostly 100 women. employees and over 5,000 clients. Wow. Between... The three locations that we do, we do about 100 to some days 300 appointments a day. So wow. you see women aging from 14 to 69, yeah. you know, 70. Isn't that a beautiful And thing? each of these women tell a different story, which mm -hmm. is much different than the world that I once lived in before. And there is days where I actually sit down sometimes and I'm like, how did I go from like flying on a private jet <laughs> to shoot a Gatorade commercial in Egypt to <laughs> working into a lash studio with 21 employees Then 80% of them are under the age of 25 years old? Old. Tell How me did about I go that, that journey. How so, did you do that? You know, I will say, you know, when I was actually working in sports, um, I had a client who um, so happened to be the, the father of my, my daughter. And okay, he was a professional. So yeah, yes. he's a professional athlete. But we grew up together. And yes. we as kids, we all we always dream that this is what we're going to do. Yes. Um, and so we kind of like woke up one day and we're like, hey, like we've been together for like 15 years. Like, don't you think we should like have some space and like figure things out and yes. just figure each other out? Yes. And we were just like, yeah, let's do that. Yes. And like in that, you know, he became part of my world mm -hmm. in a sense because yes. I was an agent prior to him graduating college and everything. Yes. But it became so much of his world because he was super successful yes. and, you know, very um, – a fan favorite and a yes. everybody's favorite and, yes. and we worked really well together yes um, but I knew that if I was going to move on into whatever chapter was part of my life not only would I have to give 
our relationship up, but I'd also have to give up my line of work because mm-hmm. without giving both of those things, I still, my identity was still tied to something that I was trying to grow from. Mm-hmm. So and your I, identity was tied with someone with who was someone. not necessarily you and not necessarily shared yeah. your vision of the future. Right, exactly. Understandable. Exactly. Understandable. So I had to like depart from that and yeah. so it was the hardest decision I that I've ever made you. in my life yeah. so difficult um, I'm sure yeah it was the hardest decision that I've ever 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 made in my life and to this day it still has been like hard for me yeah. right because it's like gosh that's your best friend like yeah. how does that happen right and then we share this amazing little child together this which we'll talk daughter. about later yes um but you know I said okay now what and I yeah. said well I remember this story. I was mentoring these um, young girls that were coming up with business plan for a company, a foundation called Rising Tide Capital that was um, sponsored by J.P. Morgan Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out to J.P. Morgan Chase because they're amazing. Yes. Um, and so they were funding these uh, these young entrepreneurs in the city of Jersey City through Rising Tide Capital start their own businesses. Wow. So I remember I came in with a marketing strategy, and <laughs> digital diversity, and how are you going to allocate your budgets and this and yes. that. And the, one of the girls she raised me, she was like, how many small businesses do you own? And I was like, I don't have any storefronts. Wow. I don't have any small businesses. So she I, I remember, yeah. And although she I could, asked you for she real asked me, yes, she wanted to know, like, well, what's your experience? And I said, well, you know, yeah. I don't own a storefront, but I do know consumer behavior. And it made me realize that to be at, an expert at something, you have to have your hands in the game, your skin in the game. In you have to be in it, right? Yes. So I remember sitting down and I was like, what am I going to do? Right. Okay. And then I was like, I, the girl's voice was in my head. Mm. And so she I was said, an angel. She was an angel. And then yeah. I was like, you know, I remember someone else told me, well, if you start your own business, do three things you love. So I loved sports, started yes. my own sports marketing agency, was yes. super successful at that for goodness, from 2007 until 2018. So was that 11 the brand years. Infinite? Brand Infinite. Yes. Um, I eventually retired in 2018, yeah. but I started that company back in 2007 with $100 in my pocket wow. and went to making almost $30,000 of revenue a month within three months of starting the company. It was wow. amazing. Yes. Um, but I remember they say start something that you love. So like sports, but I did that. So I yes. checked that off. Then yeah. I was like, well, I love kids, but like I'm not starting a school. <laughs> so I crossed out. I was like, well, I love my lashes. And then I was yeah. just like, oh. I remember yeah. Amoy's place. She told me amazing last studio. Lashes, start a business that you love. And I was like, I That's hit the ground it. running. Good for you. And I now, spent, yeah, and yeah. now I have six locations. Six I spent locations. The, le- the next six months of my life traveling the world. Really? Getting my lashes done. I went to Ibiza. I oh went my to goodness. Mykonos. You really I, went in it. London. You went deep in I went research. Deep. I literally wanted to touch and feel. I researched the top celebrity um, lash artists, the p- top manufacturers, the top geographic areas that have the most lash studios. Yes. High humidity, low humidity. I just, it was fun and I got to Mink travel. Lashes, synthetic Mink, lashes, yeah. silk, Fox. I, I yeah. got to like literally <laughs> travel the world and I literally was getting my lashes done for six months. And um, Amazing Lash Studio kept sticking in my head so yes. I was like you know what I've got to open one of these things and I had the opportunity to open it in my backyard and you know I got to be a great example for the, the universe c- opened yeah. up the path for you because so, you started you defined yeah. the box yep and was and able you, to think outside of and it and you executed yeah so it was you know giving up sports was hard and it was um I had to figure something else out to do so I could grow 
And it was beauty. And I'm yeah. so happy because I'm surrounded by women every single day. And it reminds me that I made the right decision. Yes. It reminds me that you you can live your dream and you can make hard decisions and you can be perfectly fine. Yes. It reminds me that love is inside and outside of you That's always. Right. Yeah. And I have this fiduciary responsibility to my staff to stay constant yes. no matter what's happening so yeah. that I can be like, because they rely on yes, you. Yes, they rely on me and their kids rely yeah. on me and their clients rely on me. Yeah. And everyone relies on me and I have this responsibility and it's greater than just like, you know, 10 athletes, you know. Hence These are real quote. women that are raising kids and single moms yeah. that are, you know, CEOs of companies, doctors, lawyers, nurses. Yeah. You know, the 14-year-old girl that just got her first Broadway tryout. Like yeah. our clients range for so many things and I'm just feel very responsible for it. In dreams begin responsibility. Yeah. So yeah. welcome to the world yes, of ma'am. beauty. <laughs> yes, dun dun dun. It's so amazing. It's a beautiful place. I'm so isn't happy it? I'm in it. I'm so happy that you are in it. Thank you for that. I think you answered this question already. What's the greatest advice that you received from another person? And that was define <coughs> the, the box before you think yes, outside of it. Absolutely. Now you said that that um, was a male mentor. Do you have any female mentors? And if so, who are they? If you're able you to know, name them, I um besides your mom. When I know when I think about like female mentors. Mentors, you know, I have um, there's I feel like there's as I've gotten older and kind of gone through, I remember being younger and I feel like I didn't have any mentors besides my mom. She was mm-hmm. the pillar. She's the thing that I saw. Um, I think now in my life, like, you know, Amoy, she does yeah. my hair or our hair. Yes, right. Yes. She is um, when I look at her, she to me is the epitome of a woman and epitome of femininity and epitome of being a boss and epi- an epitome of keeping your word and so she's been a great mentor for me to always remind me that I'm on the right track you know what I mean like I'm on the right track I have a lot of respect for her yeah I do I do and um outside of like her I mean my best friend her name is Yasmin she's uh you know we met when we were very young and um it's taken us a long time to learn each other you Mm -hmm. know we met maybe 15 years ago and we're continuing to evolve and like while like your mentor is supposed to be like older than you or whatever it is that people think her life experiences were opposite of mine Mm. so I feel like the great experiences and even the good the bad and in between I've been able to have although I have not lived some of the things she has I feel like I have experienced them and she's given me a blueprint of how to be successful Uh at it. So I don't have the saying, I didn't get to do that when I was younger. I didn't have that. Now I say to myself, you've given me the blueprint of what I haven't done, of how to do it. And so she always is honest with me too and she will agree or disagree with me and so like to me I think that's important because it's made me be accountable to her as a friend and it's made me be accountable to myself so like I would say those are like the two women that like you know I constantly hear their voices in my head you know when I'm about to to make a decision that's wonderful so you can learn from anyone Yeah. because people sometimes ask me who are your mentors Mm -hmm. and initially like you I would think to my childhood I think "Mm, besides my mom I'm not really sure. And I, too, like you, um, am Mm -hmm. in an industry that is male dominated to this day. And thankfully, there's some more women that are coming into it. But it's challenging. And I didn't have any female doctors in my family until I defined the box and then thought outside of it and think, well, I don't need women in medicine as mentors. I could have women in fashion, women in beauty, women, you know, in business. I could have women in the spiritual world who or or men, anyone Mm -hmm. as mentors, as long as they taught me something that I could apply to my life and what I'm doing at the time. 
You've just listened to part one of Forever Fab podcast. Please stay tuned for part two coming up next.